0: Comic fam, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm sitting here with my homie Jeff, the Golden Age Guru. How you
1: feeling, brother? I feel better. You feel better? Yeah, it was a rough weekend, but it got better. Okay.
0: We're going to get into just how rough of a weekend this was. We have a Kind of an interesting show for you, comic fam. But before we go any further, I want to remind everybody that we record this podcast every single week. Hit the subscribe button. We talk a lot about comic books, expensive paper, and today we're talking about a lot of things. We're talking about Doctor Strange going dark, going scary, going horror. I'm excited about it. We're going to get into it. I want to correct Donnie Cates on some stuff. I want to get into comic book
1: theft. And we also have a guest, Brian Polito. So stay tuned here. We got some cool conversations with him.
0: All right. But before we get into Lady Death goodness and what he's got going on, we got a chat about your car getting
1: stolen. Yeah, I pulled a dude, where's my car moment on Saturday. Okay,
0: break it down because Jeff, I saw your Instagram post and it's like you woke up and from what I saw where your car was supposed to be, it wasn't there. Explain. Explain.
1: Yeah, that's a weird feeling. You know, you you come downstairs. I, I spent the night at a friend's house. I took I literally took my car off of the street and parked in the driveway for extra security. Oh, okay. So you moved your car. I physically moved it because in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't want anything weird to happen. This is a good area, but I know a lot of stuff happens. It's almost like a target area. Sure. And so I moved it in the driveway and only to wake up to it not there.
0: Okay. first off, was there anything in the car?
1: I made sure that there was nothing visible in the car, but I did have some comic books I purchased earlier. Okay,
0: we got to get into those comics. I want to know, before we find out what happened to the car, what comics were stolen and how and they were left in the car?
1: Yeah, so this wasn't like a target of any kind. It was just a random thing. You okay. could tell through the security camera. It was so random. And the comics were mostly bronze age, some light silver. I just literally bought that morning.
0: Well, let's go through the list. What did you have in the car?
1: Okay, I had a Daredevil 105, okay. 111, which is first Silver Samurai, 168, first Elektra. Okay, I had a Strange Tales 169, first Brother Voodoo, 180, first Gamora, Marvel Spotlight 2, first World oh, by Night. No. Not the uh, not
0: the graded one that you should have. No, no, not this the is graded one, just the raw one. Okay. And um Were these a, all raw?
1: Yeah, they were all raw. Okay. Jojo Comics 17 Golden Age book, cool book. I okay. got that for such a screaming deal. I was so excited about that book. And I'm trying to think what else there was. Oh, a Spider Man 194. Oh bummer. Yeah, and another one or two uh, books in there.
0: So it was like just a handful of books. Where did you have them stored?
1: So my car um, has a bench seat in the middle. Okay. Okay. So it's a big silver suburban. It's got three rows of seating, and in the middle of that is a seat that flips up. Okay. So it's almost a hidden compartment, and then the armrest then comes down on top of that. So it's like double covered. And I know through the surveillance cameras they did not see that initially. Okay. You so see what them happened? Digging through stuff. So okay.
0: So these people started going through your car. They got into yeah. your car. How did yeah. they get into your car? Ugh.
1: Okay. So my key fob's broken. Okay. And apparently when I try to lock it. It just didn't register. I mean, it's not like broken, broke, but it was there was like a, a crack on the back, so I think it just didn't register. So the car was unlocked. Super dumb, considering that I literally moved it off the street. And maybe it wasn't unlocked. I don't know. But from the surveillance cameras, it seemed unlocked. It just, it was one of those things where they got in the car, they, and I see them rifling through it. I can see on security cameras, rifling through my car, which oh, is weird. Yeah, the dome light's the on. Yeah, the dome oh light's on, goodness. so you see them in there. And they're going through all kinds of stuff. They don't go through the seat. Okay? They don't. Okay. I know. I don't. I don't see them going underneath that seat to get it. They're getting stuff out of the glove box and in the front armrest, and then they leave. All right. And so then they, they come. They back jack the car. They later. actually
0: get the car going and they yeah. drive off.
1: Minutes later, they come. Come back. They rip out the OnStar system first thing they do. You can see them reach under and like rip out this thing and then cut some wires, and then Professionals. Take the car. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. They're serious about this. Yeah. They're, they're, they're getting this car. They know what to do.
1: And they almost pulled forward. You saw the car move forward, which almost hit the car in front of it.
0: Oh, they almost hit the car, and they they were end up able to
1: leave the driveway and back out. Oh my gosh! And took off, and then uh, so the car was like, obviously it's gone. So now I'm just like, when am I going to see this thing again? So you woke
0: up the next day, your car's not there. Did you double take, thinking, oh, I must wait? Oh, I laughed. I was like, this
1: is stupid. Like I know it was there. I was like, I I could do nothing but laugh. I was like, oh my god, (laughs) the car's gone. Literally, the car's gone. Think about. I was just like, like, what am I going to do here? I was like, all I could do is. Call. There was nothing really in the car. I had nowhere to be. Okay. So it was like I wasn't stressing out because there was nothing really, other than the car being gone, which is whatever it is, there was nothing personal in there that I felt like I had to cancel wallets or I had to deal with checkbooks or I had to deal with. You know, keys or some nonsense of just stuff. Just the comics. Yeah, there was yeah, just a few comics I just bought that wasn't like that big of a deal.
0: But disappointing nonetheless.
1: Yeah, disappointing nonetheless because it just you know comics gone that just hurts.
0: So aside from the, like the confusion of like not knowing what's going on with your car, just waiting a couple days, you find it.
1: Yeah, I get a phone call. We have your car. It's at a to- It's at a what do you call those? It? It a- Toll yard. Yeah, tow yard. And I go to the go You got to go pick it up, and so I go over there and pick it up. And this is like I get there, and it's like the graveyard for cars. And I don't know what to expect. They didn't tell me anything. It's like your car's there. You might, if you want, you want to go pick it up, it's drivable. That's all they told me.
0: So you didn't even know what yeah. you were like, what to expect. You, there may be comics in there. Your your car may be completely gutted. Yeah. What's going on? What did you find?
1: So I get there and I navigate through like this graveyard of vehicles. And there's my car, and I'm coming up to it, and it looks good. I was like, sweet, this car looks fine, okay? And then I open up the door, because I don't know what I'm gonna expect, and the car is spotless. Like completely scrubbed down, smells completely like it's been sanitized. All right. They left the, the cleaner. They kept the rag in there. The car is shiny.
0: Was everything in the car like as far as the car itself, the radio, the lights, like the things that you could potentially lift.
1: Like the radio was in there. They took my amp, which was broken. Okay. Right. They took a broken amp, which I wasn't even using. They went through the panels like nothing like they ripped them out. They just unlocked whatever panels were on the side of the interior of the car. They took apart some. Uh, <laughs> they had this Halloween like uh, owl. And they ripped the head off like looking for like there's something hidden in there. So anyways, they did a good thorough search, but then they scrubbed it down. And it's the cleanest I've seen that car in like three years now. Okay, So they
0: like took apart stuff and cleaned it? The
1: car. Yeah. Every seat, every dashboard panel, every oh, door. Oh,
0: weird. So the only reason why I can think someone would steal a car and then be super obsessed with cleaning every inch of it is if they were maybe transporting
1: something. Yeah, I don't want. I mean get too. Oh my goodness, dark. our comic like. fam! I
0: want to know your thoughts. What are like? So what do you think these people did to the guru's car when they took it for a joyride for a couple of days? But so far, so good, right? There's nothing weird about the car. It's running. Everything's there. It's nicer than when you got it.
1: It sounds like. Yeah, they pulled a couple of wires, so messed up with some things, but I took it to the dealership. They worked on it for like a couple hours. They got It's working just fine. They just had to reconnect some wires again. Oh, my gosh. And so I'm picking it up tomorrow.
0: What a weird thing, man. Yeah. Well, I saw you put out some posts to the community. Hey, keep an eye out for these comic books if they hit the store. If you're a retailer and some people bring in some books, keep an eye out because they may be Jeff's and you're in the Washington area.
1: Yeah. They were all about... Actually, there were some nice ones, man. Some nice ones and and mid-grade ones. The JoJo was a low-grade, but... Turns up great. I put out feelers everywhere. I called all the shops in my area and just so we'll see if it shows up. Great, but nice to just have the car back. You know, it's a good work truck for me. It's not like there's a ton of value in that car. It's just convenient for me to use.
0: Absolutely, and you know, it's it's never a good feeling when you're violated in that way. You know, your your stuff's taken. It's, it's always a stressful time. However, I will say one thing: comic book thieves scum by the earth, and they always get caught, like without a doubt, like time and time again, we cover stories, we see them, we hear about our friends. It always comes back. Comic karma goes both way, comic fam. And we have some other stories we're going to get into on today's show where we're going to tell you just how that karma comes around.
1: Yeah. I mean, like we hear, we talk about stories of when there's theft, but a majority of them, these people are caught and it's not because they're just dumb. All right. Cause we can't just say that like, they're smart people, but they just get caught. You gotta understand this is a collectible. Yeah. It's when not easy to, to do what we do. A, it's not easy to, to move. When you do move it, it's gonna go into somebody's collection and books. So that book is around. Yeah, and it's trackable. It's a small community. So whether you move it to somebody else and then someone finds out, that's gonna come back to you.
0: Oh, and we're gonna get into some times where comic books do come back.
1: And they get hit big. I mean it's 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 a serious offense, man. We're we're seeing some huge um what do you call them like penalties to these people like long jail times huge fines like it's it's some serious stuff
0: buckle up comic family got some fun stories to get into not before we touch on the sponsor of the show key collector comics this is the best comic book app that exists on the market there is a button right on the home screen right when you go onto the app and it's called recently added This is a button you need to familiarize yourself with. This is a button that if you don't regularly check when you're already on the app, you got to. You got to be checking it every day. This is where the daily updates go. When Key Collector does updates to comic book categories on the app and these categories, there are so many different ones on this application. But when there's a new book that needs to be documented, well, it hits the recently added section for you to consume. And there's one that was recently added that I am so stoked about. Never heard of.
1: Yeah, I've never heard of this either. And I just got to read it verbatim here because it's so interesting. It's Squadron Supreme trade paperback number one. This came out in 1997. And we're talking about the first print. So listen to this. In accordance with the writer Mark Grenwald's wishes... His cremated ashes were mixed with the ink into the first edition printings of this trade paperback. So you you have the ashes of a writer in this book, and I, I've never, ever heard this. Yeah. So, you think like,
0: this is something that would come up at some point, but yeah, this is the first for me.
1: Yeah, whether you like it or don't think it's morbid or not, it's still something you kind of want to know. And that's what's awesome about this recently added section because the whole app is very large. And there's so many ways to get lost. But really, if you just want to hear the latest and greatest, it's just a great way to filter through it daily or every other day and just be like, okay, this is new.
0: That's right. Do yourself a favor. Keep up with the comic book market. Download Key Collector. The links are in the bio. Look for the welcome button right on the home screen. You use code TOM101 and you get a free week subscription. It unlocks the app in its entirety.
1: Oh, we got something fresh. We have CGC and Todd McFarlane in a partnership.
0: Yeah, they haven't done this in a while.
1: It's been two years now, okay? So what's happening is a private signing. So from November 8th to December 9th, you can send in your Todd McFarlane books you wish to have signed. And for $89, not including shipping, you can get it submitted, signed, graded, and then back to you.
0: Yeah, extra 20 bucks for that press if you want to get it pressed though.
1: Yeah, if your book needs a little more love, an extra 20 bucks, that's not so bad. It will add some lead time, but we're talking about expedited processing with these books as well.
0: All right, let's get into a couple things that have been discussed in the community as of this last week once this information was dropped. The first thing, pricing, people complaining about it. What's your feeling?
1: My initial feeling for this is that it's extremely fair. If you are that person who just wants to get a book signed by Todd McFarlane and get it graded and back to you in a timely fashion, and let's say you want multiples even, I think this is fantastic.
0: What's the price on convenience?
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, we're talking $89. I mean, if you think about that, that's the autograph plus the grading plus the expedited shipping and process – not shipping, but expedited processing of this book. That's a big deal.
0: So what's the cost typically for like a modern book getting a signature witnessed and graded?
1: So a modern book is going to be about $20, but a signature certification is another $10, and then it's an additional $10 to expedite the processing of this book.
0: So basically, we're saying close to 50 bucks after all said and done, plus a $50 or so fee for Todd McFarlane. It comes out to right around 100 bucks. That's what they're charging. So seeing some individuals in the community complain about pricing, I don't think that this is as warranted because, man, for the convenience of not having to stand in line for multiple hours. I'd pay for that.
1: Hey, let's say you're in a con environment. I just got multiple hours of my con time back.
0: Let's chat about that because this is a private signing. What's your feeling about private signings, you know, linking up with CGC in this way where you don't get to meet the creator and you can pay a little bit more money to get the job done?
1: Again, if you are hoping to meet the creator, then this is obviously not the route to, for you to choose. If you want to get a gift for somebody, if you just want your books graded and signed, This is great. Sure. If you're a dealer, really, this is probably something that I think a lot of dealers are going to lean heavily on, those who are kind of working that market. But if you're a fan who wants to meet this creator and go through that process, more power to you, okay? This is just another option for other people who want to just get an autograph.
0: Very good. Now, although he is open to signing Spawn books and characters that he's affiliated with and created, there's a handful of books that he said... He will not sign.
1: So there's very specific five books here. And four of the five have been, are remastered pieces of just previously published work that's, like we just mentioned, redone in some fashion here. The first one on this list is Venom Number 1. It's a color variant cover.
0: Super scarce, man. This book sells for good money. Now, this is a cover that you may not be as familiar with if you're looking for Venom covers to compare it to. But this is a homage to Spider-Man issue number 299. This is the reveal of Venom in the MCU, the first real appearance.
1: Now, the next book to discuss here on this list is a Venom verse number one. Okay, it's got a black and white variant version and a color version as well. And this is from the book Amazing Spider-Man 315. There's an interior panel where this image is from.
0: That's right. We actually have a Copy. It's an awesome hydraman appearance, McFarlane cover, and we're gonna be giving it away. Just comment down below. Let us know what you think about this video. It'll enter you to win. Um, that's two different comics that are remastered that came from this one particular book that he will not sign. There's also another Venom number six, the color variant. This one's interesting. I thought this was a brand new image, but McFarlane won't sign it because it's a remastered comic. It's a tough one to find.
1: Yeah, it took us a little bit of um, detective work to locate, but this is a Spider Man vs. Venom. It's a 1990 trade paperback, first printing, but on the back cover is this image. Isn't
0: that interesting? Like they found, they're going through his portfolio that they own to try to just find one they can put on a cover that would be cool. They just add some color, you know, remastered it, brightened it up a bit, and then put it as a variant. And McFarlane's like, nope, not having it. So there is some type of conflict with these issues. I assume it's because they're remastered. Maybe he didn't get paid for them. I don't know, but he won't do it. But here's the thing. Number five on this list is an anomaly.
1: This one stands out for some reason as a one to not sign by Todd McFarlane. It's a great cover. It's in homage to his Spidey 300, as we've seen a million times. It's white. It's that spawn retailer. Thank you. But don't you dare send it in because he is not going to sign it. Yeah,
0: I wonder why. Maybe this is, for one, this isn't a Marvel comic. This is an image comic book. So either because of some type of conflict with, with the printing of this and how it's distributed, or maybe because it is a thank you variant and it's not really meant to be resold. Who knows? But we have to point something out here because if you're looking to get something signed and you want to get it into CGC before December 9th, there is one remastered comic that didn't make this list that I don't really understand why it didn't. I'm talking about Venom number 1, the 1 in 1000, black and white variant. There's also a color variant of this, 1 in 500. This is a homage to the interior of ASM 317.
1: I I don't understand. And I guess I don't really need to understand. I just need to know what I can send in and what I can't.
0: Well, I got to tell you one thing. If I had that comic, I would be sending that in.
1: I actually took a screenshot of the numbers for Spawn 1 and Amazing Spider-Man 300. I'm curious to see where they are now and then what the census is gonna say after the ninth.
0: Ooh, well, we should uh keep track of that in shows to
1: come. Okay, on to a part that I love of this show. Always, 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 because it's hysterical to me every time we go through these, but is viewer comments.
0: Yeah, your comments. Thanks for commenting down below. We do read them, and let's just kick this off with some uh some tips because we chatted about damaging comic books. Uh, the last time we had a conversation
1: astro comics wrote pro tip number one don't drink and press true true i put a book on a press with the idea of letting it get a 15 minute hot press okay and turn off and i left the house for a solid amount of time and when i got back and all i could hear was the loud beeping sound Ooh. as the timer had gone off around an hour earlier okay Hopefully that wasn't a modern book. Yeah, because it would be one solid brick by now. Some cardboard. Pro tip number two, don't drink and dry clean. (laughs) Was working on an an easy, high-grade Planet Comics 1. Okay, not a super expensive book unless you're talking the golden age. And ripped the back cover.
0: Oh, going too quick.
1: Yeah, you're rushing through it, and you were drinking. (laughs) I also wanted to add that I may have a drinking problem. (laughs) (laughs) As I listen to the show and I'm currently enjoying a cocktail while I'm cleaning a Ghost Rider number two. So give me a minute and I'll probably be able to get you a pro tip number three.
0: That's that's great. I love that comment. Thank you so much for leaving it. All right. We got another comment here. This is from our Bloodshot conversation. We were excited about the character design of Vin Diesel and some members went over to Instagram to say hi. We do appreciate the story posts. Jeff, where can they find you on Instagram?
1: You can find me over at Golden Age Guru.
0: And you can find me at Comic Tom 101. And we have a comics collections posting what he thinks would be some interesting hairdos for Bloodshot.
1: Yeah, we kicked this to the community asking him what kind of would be proper hairdos to envision. Because he does have hair at times in yeah. the comic. So obviously we have four options here. One of them is going Super Saiyan.
0: Yeah, full <laughs> Super Saiyan. The other one kind of looks like my hair a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah, the top. Yep, yep, yep. And then we have um, kind of a meatloaf haircut. <laughs> And uh, that good old classic afro.
0: Yeah, I definitely like the meatloaf haircut. That may be my favorite one, especially because he's got such a strong receding hairline that's like, hey, dude, just shave it off, but it's okay. And look at Vin Diesel at the bottom. He's like, oh. because he didn't put it at the top, he looks kind of ashamed, but you know what? I don't blame him. I'm glad he's bald. All right, looking at the next comment here from Christopher Jensen, this was maybe my favorite comment of the week.
1: So again, the, the, we talked about damaging comics. So this gentleman, Christopher Jensen, like you mentioned, he wrote, my wife gets mad at me if I read her comics that I buy for her And tells me that only one person's oils should ever be on each comic.
0: That's right. Only one person's oils. I like the dedication to protecting your comic books. Bravo.
1: Yeah, kudos. I mean, you don't want those oily fingerprints all over your shiny books, you know?
0: Yeah, these comics are a personal collection, right? So PC. So keep it personal. Keep it private. You touch your own comics. I touch my own. And then we'll keep the trades. That's what can go between us both.
1: Set that hard line in those relationships, ladies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for the comment. That made my day. All right. And then we have Cal L. Kent. He says, I never thought I needed the image of a cataclysmic planet-wide dead Galactus doo doo flood in my life, but Jeff proved me wrong. Thanks, Jeff, I think. Now, where did that comment come from? Because that was one of my favorite moments on the last show we did.
1: Well, we discussed how Galactus is dead and floating out in space
0: yeah in one of the most recent comics this is the marvel zombies that came out over halloween galactus is dead he's floating around
1: so i just made the uh relationship between like when someone passes away their bowels release
0: that's right right after i give my nice little speech my monologue about how much i love comic books and how they're like life-changing you're like yeah they are this is a really good medium by the way i was thinking about poop (laughs) 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 <laughs> and then that's that got this comment. So and then I, how poop good.
1: can cause an eclipse over your planet if it's Galactus. That's
0: because when you die, you know, you defecate. And that's why you watch our show, Comic Fam, is to get that solid information. Because <laughs> <laughs> so we got to talk about Donny Cates and Buffy the Vampire Slayer again.
1: Yeah, this is going to be that Dear Donny moment right here. Okay, that's right. Dear Donny, listen to Tommy. Okay, he's a huge fan here. And I think you're about to get some edumacation okay. on Buff.
0: Okay, this is basically what's going on. He's brought up Buffy a few times. He wants to write Buffy. And he is excited about the fact that there's a new company taking over Buffy. Boom Studios killing it. However, I think there's just some misunderstanding of the opportunity that is currently before us all those who were fans of buffy back then or who are interested in just awesome supernatural comic book storytelling let's get into it buffy is back boom studio has revitalized it in its entirety it's buffy 2019 we're not getting chapters of buffy post the show it's not canon this is new so any talk about old canon like the show canon It's lost me. It's done. It's over with. Unless Boom does something to like bring that canon back into the new story somehow. I am not interested in old canon and Donnie Cates shouldn't be either. And that's why I'm bringing this up today because there was a recent interview where at the end of the interview, he had to voice his opinion about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. What did he say?
1: He mentions the story in season five when Buffy passes away. Okay, and how there is supposed to be another slayer bestowed with these abilities. Where did that slayer go? We never saw it.
0: Right. And this is a question that Buffy fans have asked in the past. This isn't something that's like being brought up now for the first time. And Donnie Cates, I feel like he's it it makes sense. Like this is a story that could be, right? It could be good information. It could be a good story. Let him tell it. However, this is kind of a misunderstanding and one that has been discussed in length over the last couple decades because this show is super old. And rather than go into th- she said, he said in the show, or maybe this could be interpreted differently, I just want to get down to like what the producers said about it, because this is something that was brought up way back during that transition of season five to season six. What did Marty Knoxon say? the executive producer at the time. This is a quote. She said, we actually have an answer for this. She tells TV Guide, this is back when TV Guide was reporting on these shows. Like this is how you got the information when you had questions about these uh, your, your favorite television shows. She said, the reasons Buffy's demise didn't activate another vampire hunter is that when she died the first time, a Slater was called. She's talking about Kendra. And she's already had her replacement Slayer. It doesn't happen twice. She continues. You only get one. And Buffy already did. So there's your answer, Mr. Cates. Sir Cates shouldn't be writing a whole nother story about a Slayer that could have existed during the canon of the show. Because even in its own mythos, you have reasons why that wouldn't have even been the case. But... Boom is doing an entirely new Buffy series, 2019 Buffy, brand new adaptations of the characters we all knew. The... Slate is actually even more open to Sir Cates than it has ever been. And that's why I want to bring it up. It's so much more than the narrow focus of what happened during the show two decades ago. Right now, we have a fresh view of the entire mythos. And if you are not into Buffy, there has never been a time to get into this awesome supernatural tale. And if Sir Cates wants to get involved, there's never been a better time. Because right now, we have an alternate reality right now being told and anything goes.
1: Yeah, with all due respect to Sir Cates, I mean, like, I get where he's going. I think it's interesting, and it could be great, but right now you have a fresh slate, and you're starting new, and you got the keys to drive this car, you know, like, just do whatever you want.
0: Yeah, potentially. I mean, they already have an awesome writer right now on Buffy, but maybe a one-shot could be in the works. Maybe just a, a side quest, something unique. I'm crossing my fingers, praying to Thor. I'm waiting to see.
1: I'm going to circle back here to the top of the show where we discussed some theft. But this is people getting caught from stealing comics.
0: Yeah, let's get into it. We have some fun stories to just, to just jump
1: right into. Dude, totally. Because we've talked about theft on the show several many times and people stealing stuff. But this is the repercussions. Because just to understand, people don't just get away.
0: Oh, no. They seldomly get away.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a collectible here. It's not like you have something that you take and it just disappears. This stays out in the universe. It's wanted. It switches hands. So once it leaves, whoever took its hands, it goes to somebody else's hands and then maybe even somebody else. So there is that line of book being traveled and it will get back to you. That's right. And you will get caught.
0: Okay. So we have to tell you about Martin Casas first. This gentleman is is a comic book store owner who had a storage unit filled with comics and he was a victim of theft. Someone broke into his storage unit and stole 3,000 comics. And this happened recently. This story was reported in August of this year.
1: This man loved his comics. This man clearly loves comics. He owns a comic store. Okay? And he told his employees, if someone tries to sell these comics or sell you comics at all, let me know. And show enough attention to where they bring them in or you want he wants to buy them.
0: They bring the comics in. The employee sees some comic books that they recognize. So she's like, You gotta bring more in. You got more? Bring them in. And bring in more next day.
1: Yeah, they bring in the rest of the books, thinking huge payday. Okay? Because how else do you move comics? It is not easy to move comics. You need to sell them to people. Who know comics.
0: And this is why you don't steal comics is because it's, it's a network. We're yeah. all looking out for each other. And in this case, they came back to handcuffs.
1: And now they wear jewelry on their wrists.
0: The next story here is really interesting. This actually finished up in 2018. Um, this, this theft happened over the course of many years. But we're talking about author Terry Brooks. This is a famous fantasy like book writer but he had a trusted law firm that he had been working with for a number of years and felt that this would be a good place to store his comic book collection. Little did he know that there was an employee of the law firm slowly embezzling money from him over the years and stealing comic books all along
1: the way. You would think your stuff is safe at a law firm. Or somewhere of the such. Yeah, you're
0: paying for protection.
1: And only to realize that
0: you're gonna have to hire them to go to court with them again?
1: Yeah, you gotta hire these a law firm who stole from you to oh my represent goodness. you. <laughs> but
0: here we go. This is the quote though that I thought we had to read after she was arrested and throughout the like trials. It was said here, part of her bond conditions were she is required not to possess or sell comic books in addition to the standard set of bond conditions. It was literally illegal for her to own comic books. It happens. The law can get involved and comic books can be your reason for going to jail.
1: On top of those terms, okay, there was actually her sentencing on top of that because she was found guilty. Clear as day. Okay. And she was held for $400,000. Okay. That she has to pay in restitution. Who knows if she ever will, but she will be paying that for probably the rest of her life. Okay, on top of that, six years in prison.
0: That's right. Now, the collection itself was said to be worth just over 100000 The rest of that money that she owes is because of the embezzlement. But yeah, that's a, a pretty big collection that she stole over time. Now, the next story here is insane this this story i don't i can't believe i didn't make media um it didn't hit media harder but we're talking about mile high comics and we're not just talking about a crazy story of theft we're talking about a recent story of theft from their own
1: employee this just didn't happen to a small shop okay we talked about other shops this is also happening to one of the largest stores in the entire world so big or small you're going to get caught okay and This is called Mile High, and it's due to not only the location, but the Mile High stacks, of comics they have.
0: That's right. And we know that this was a former employee because of all of those comic books that they walked past. They knew exactly where to go. But this story of, again, these are all people who got caught. This person got caught real bad. But, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that this video exists. It hit YouTube in May of this year. This just happened. This gentleman comes in with a mask on looking for particular comics. He made his way out with with close to $50,000 in collectible comics. He went right for certain books. First ASM, you know. And what is he using to break into the glass?
1: Well, what everybody uses when they want to break into glass. A really sharp, pointy object. (laughs) He used a knife. He's like, he's stabbing. He's stabbing the glass to get in. Yeah, I mean this video, okay, like it's 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 comical to see this as like you mentioned, stabbing the glass and yeah. forcibly like going in there with his arm and his hand and can't even measure properly like distance because it's it's not easy as you as it shows, it's a struggle.
0: Yeah, he's like kind of just closing his eyes at a certain point, hoping he doesn't hurt himself, which guess what? He hurts himself, and as he's going through, I mean, this is uh, uh, someone who thought this through. You got to think about this. This is an employee. This is someone who walked past these books thinking, one day, you know, I know where these are. You know, he's he's getting hyped up over time. He gets to the store. His heart's pounding. He's wearing, like, bags on his feet. He doesn't want to leave footprints. This guy is trying to think this through, man.
1: Yeah, he's walking around with like those booties you get, like when you're like you're looking at a house that's for sale. You know, you put on this protective footwear so you don't put like tracks anywhere. And he's walking through. He's not like he's running or rushing. He's comfortable and confident enough. He's like, I got this.
0: He's going in there thinking it's like Ocean's Eleven or something. But as he's being super careful, you know, going in for the comics, he cuts himself. He cuts himself bad. He starts bleeding everywhere. So he's thinking he's doing such a good job and then just DNA, 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 DNA. <laughs> and he starts walking around. Oh, I got to get a towel. So he goes and gets the towel. Oh my gosh, but he's dripping blood at the towel station. So he's got to clean up that. And then he goes back over to the case. He's got to freaking clean up the blood out the case because he's, oh my goodness, what is he going to do? He's, you can imagine the stress. He's, his heart's pounding. He thinks he's, oh, I think he got it. Oh, wait a minute. He bled everywhere. The glass. There's blood all over the glass. So he's got to start picking up the glass. It's like a puzzle. Which glass has blood on it? Do I clean the glass? Do I, wait a minute, better just take it with me. So he starts taking pieces of the glass and puts it in his bucket. <laughs> Can you imagine how stressed out this gentleman
1: had to be? It looks like he took off a glove. So now he's barehanded, I feels like. I thought I saw a bare hand, okay? He's picking up, like you said, pieces of glass with DNA everywhere. He knew exactly where the cleaners were. So you're like, wait, why does this guy know where he's the are? He's like, oh, let me go to the bathroom real quick. Stations? Yeah. Okay. And like you have a bin full of comics and now you're filling it up with glass. Yeah. And then it's like overflowing and you're like, do I dump the comics? Do I take the glass? What am I doing? My here?
0: favorite part is him deciding what do I do with the glass? And he's like, I'm gonna have to take it with me. And then he's realizing, <laughs> wait a minute, all that blood is my blood. Oh no. So he starts looking for the blood to pick up. It's so bad. But hey, you know what? We get this glorious shot as he's exiting the building. And right as he's exiting, he goes, oh, shoot, there's some blood. I missed a little spot of blood. Better clean that up. Because he wants to be sure. He was so careful, man. It's a bummer he hurt himself. But then as he leaves, he doesn't realize that he took his mask off too early and exposed his face to the world.
1: (laughs) He just didn't think it
0: through, man.
1: Yeah, you want to talk about exposure, too. Let's talk about when he's cleaning up the glass in in the blood, okay? He quickly... Slowly, you see the pants slipping off. Oh my off. gosh! Yeah, let's, okay. let's make sure
0: the comic fam can see that this criminal is bent over, showing his rear to the world.
1: Yeah, this butt crack gets bigger and bigger every time it's over. I mean, this is like
0: <laughs> he's just bent over cleaning up glass, and his butt's hanging out. Yeah, the glass is <laughs>
1: cracked. His butt's cracked. I mean, he just—it's all over the place. This whole thing was a nightmare mess for him. I mean, you can't just, make this up, man. No, you can't. It's all videotaped for the world to replay over and over again
0: audio fam do yourself a favor if um, you haven't seen this video go on to youtube just type in burglar stole you know mile high comics it's it's there for you to see
1: i'm excited for this next bit okay we got brian Polito coming on okay coffin comics creator of lady death hellwich evil ernie
0: yeah i'm excited let's chat with brian and see what he's got going over at the coffin comics headquarters
1: oh my gosh we got <laughs> brian Polito here
0: how's it going my man
2: it's going great. How you doing, man? I'm doing Kirby hands. <laughs> doing Kirby.
0: We need right. some crackle on the screen. It would be good to go. All right. How are you doing,
2: everybody? Thanks for having me, guys. Dude,
0: it's so good to be here with you, Brian. You got some awesome stuff going on. And you know what? This is podcast number 15, and you joined us on podcast number one. So yes, this that's is a, right. a fun little anniversary. We have some stuff to talk about, actually, in the anniversary theme today. Brian, we have yes. you here. This is a kind of a fun week to have you on because it's been a week filled with captain America news. Why, and yes. The first thing I wanted to chat about is about Chris Evans this week. He yes. said he prefers Thor's hammer over the shield.
2: What are your Whoa. thoughts on that? That's now look I, in the beginning <laughs> when Chris Evans was hired, I was, I was skeptical, but I thought he really proved the case, but Chris, you might've crossed the line. Cap's shield is the one and only. I think actually the compromise is shield plus hammer. But even so, even if he says that he's allowed to, because I'm watching the movie, I'm watching Endgame. In that moment, when he was able to pick up the hammer, I was like a five-year-old kid. Literally, tears came to my eyes and I'm looking around at everybody. I'm like, that's (laughs) my dude, man. You see? You see? You see? So we all knew it. And I was even surprised time. at my own reaction, you know, how emotional it was for me.
0: The Avengers <laughs> Assemble, I would think I was mouthing it the whole time, oh, waiting for him yeah. to say it. it was,
1: it's exciting stuff.
0: Well, a, yeah. the, I would go for Cap's shield over Thor's hammer, personally. Yeah. I think the Cap, Cap's yeah, shield yeah, pretty I dope. What I do like the about?
1: hammer. I can fly with the hammer. And boy, man, when he was wielding that and put that into perspective, because... He was a freaking master with that hammer instantly. And then we did get to yes. see it in Thor 390. He did get to pick up the hammer. So we got to see it in comics as well. That's right. True. So I just loved yes. – um, there's always the the round shield, which is so classic. But gosh, having the power of a thunder and flight. I
2: mean that shield, whether it be in the movies or the comics, has withstood some of the most – outrageous power, energy, villainy. So, I mean, there's, I think there's just something to it. You know, that the vibranium, adamantium combination, there's something that makes it extra special.
0: We have an anniversary this year for you. I want to know what this uh, date means to you, 1974 in August.
2: Well, 1974 in August is, uh, that was probably the first time I picked up a Captain America book. And that happened to be 176. And it was the Cap No More cover. And for some reason, it really called to me. I, I even remember the place and the time. I lived in a place called Long Branch, New Jersey, and there was a pharmacy down the road from where I lived, and they had a spinner rack. And there was something about that particular book, and I read it. It interestingly, begins a storyline or comes to the end of a storyline where Cap is disenchanted and turns away from being Captain America. Yet that's where I began to read Captain America. And I have literally never stopped reading Captain America since. I've read Captain America... Graduating high school, poor college student, post-college, poor post-college guy student through the thick and the thin, through the storylines I enjoy, through the storylines I don't like, you know, to the present day. I have literally, nothing has prevented me on, on earth from missing an issue.
0: I was hoping you'd say that because this week we had more Cap News. What's coming out?
1: Disney Plus with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier has announced a character named John Walker.
0: Yeah, he's coming in. And this is something yeah. that I'm, I'm excited about. He's the super patriot. He's trying to be Captain America, but just not in the right way. And I'm, I'm pumped about right. seeing this start out in issue 323
1: right? Yeah, correct.
0: And this was a 25th anniversary. So I think it's funny that you mentioned that you got into Captain America when he left the mantle. This is right around the time where he left the mantle again.
2: He did. It's interesting, man. A couple thoughts on that. If you read Cap, there is a long history of other people trying to take on the mantle being Cap, whether it's uh, Bucky did it for a while, like way back in the day, or other people who are imposters trying to represent who Cap is. What makes John Walker interesting is he's been kind of uh, enduring. So he has a degree of endurance and he started out as Super Patriot and then he did go to US agent. Right. So well, let's see where he evolves to next or how they're going to bring him into the party. I do have to say something about Marvel anniversaries. So I'm going to say two things, if I may. So 25th anniversary. So what do they do? They introduce a guy other than Captain America to be in the book. I always find these types of anniversaries kind of crazy. I figure when it's an anniversary, it's time to overdo with the character you you love. This is tangential, but if you think about it, when it was Marvel's 25th anniversary, which I believe was in 1983, I think, they introduced the new universe. So to celebrate their 25 years of comics, they just introduced a bunch of comic books that ultimately no one really wanted. So guys, pro tip, when it's your anniversary, just give us more of the thing that we want. Don't change the script up.
0: Oh, I appreciate you uh, going over some cap stuff with us it's not every day that we have cap you know information coming out and in the in particular with chris evans not playing captain america it's like we're getting a show about cap without caps and they're yep. adapting um runs from the from canon without them so I'm, I'm interested to see how they how they handle this
1: it's interesting because we know they're a big question mark who's going to be cap so that's just i think that's a really exciting way to start this because there's so much confusion and just so many ways you can go direction he could be the wrong cap but accepted as the cap and then that has right. to be dethroned and another cap so it's really interesting what they could do with the story on that
2: yeah that's a fun storyline too because it's not actually being portrayed as steve rogers captain america going bad i i'm fine with that i'm one of those guys where secret empire i was like uh-uh, not happening yeah. well especially for two years you know yeah. i mean i i'm fine with you know, I've seen these great storylines that are two or three issues. I could go with that, but like twenty-four months, and then Tom Brevoort actually said this was always planned since the beginning, and it was just for me. It was just like, nah, not my guy. But of course, it turned out to not be the guy. So, uh, but I, I don't. I. I'm like you guys. I've been very intrigued by how the Marvel Cinematic Universe unfolds. And I have to say, as a Cap fan, their handling of Captain America so far has been incredible. And if the last time we see Evans as Cap is Endgame, I'm actually completely settled with it. Although I must admit, I would love to see more Cap, you know, more Steve Rogers Cap. And then since, you know, you started this, Tom, so my other thoughts, I have a lot of thoughts on this topic, if someone else has to be Cap. The two guys clearly are in this order. It'd be, uh, it's Sam Wilson and then it's Bucky Barnes. That's how I see it. And then everybody else, no.
0: Yeah, let us know what you think, comic fam. Do you agree with Brian Polito? I'm on your side, Brian. I want to (laughs) see Sam. I want to see Bucky. You know, I'm happy with either. I'm a big Falcon fan. But Brian, Hellwitch the Forsaken.
2: Hellwitch the Forsaken.
0: This is epic, man. I'm excited to read
2: this. Thank you, man. Chapter two in Hellwitch's Life in Hell. We're going back in time and we're watching the formulation of a super villain. Her mentor believes that she has too much compassion and empathy. And this is the story that poses the question, can she lose it and become the evil she was meant to be?
0: This Friday marks the this end of the Kickstarter, Friday. correct?
2: This Friday november 22nd at 7 p.m arizona time which is mountain standard time we close the campaign so you now as of this moment just have a few days to jump on board
0: this 48 square bound graphic novel is something i'm excited to read
2: reasonable facsimile of the cover by the incredible Mike Chrome. I think this really gets the attitude of this book across. It's just unrepentant, lusty creature.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of like vengeance stories. We chatted about Crow at, yes. uh, I think it was San Diego Comic-Con this past year. Yeah. And reading about this book that's coming out and then also seeing all the variants that you're putting out with it. It's just got me super pumped and I wanted to show the community. Um, and you know, we're big supporters of Coffin Comics and the whole crew over there.
2: And thank uh, you for that.
0: Of course. Well, my favorite <laughs> variant from this set is the Lucio Perillo variant.
2: This is the actual cover. This is a mock. An incredible piece. He's such, he is the right artist for a character like this. You know, to be honest with you, and this is part of the tier, I must admit this is a risque one, not for everybody, but for the people who like it. And then finally, this was his sketch. All those together form the set. Um, And those those are limited to 60 and serial numbered. So let's ruminate on that idea. But in a world where print runs are 15, 20, 35,000, 60 is ridiculous.
0: 60 is ridiculous. And you also have a variant that is going to only be available (laughs) to under 13 people.
2: To make things even more ridiculous, we did an edition called The Metal Legend. And this is a mock-up, but it is a metal comic book cover. With the comic, and it's limited to thirteen serial numbered copies, ten of which we're adding throughout all the reward tiers. Starting oh, anyone with,
1: can get them, right?
2: Anyone who f- backs the physical Kickstarter non-digital rewards are eligible to be part of it.
1: And so you have so many of these little chase items, and that cross all so many tiers. So anybody can really jump in at any price point and get this, which is really fantastic. And you
0: like that that jewel one?
1: <laughs> this is I've never seen it before. So, but I love the fact that you have a cover that has jewels embedded in it, like Swarovski crystals, literally. Actual
2: Swarovski crystals. This is a beautiful Nathan Zerdy cover. It'll be limited to orders on the Kickstarter, plus 10% for lost damage.
0: never seen that. <laughs> That's crazy. He's always coming up with the new variants, man. That's right. Awesome. And
2: I, I'm sort of led by just my joy. You know, I think I've talked to you, Tom, and you know that I've just been, as a fan or a collector, I've been in the game since 1974. So I just try to always kind of let my joy and excitement for collecting and just the love of the hobby and the art just sort of shine through somehow. So I think that's where all this stuff kind of comes from.
0: Well, it's awesome. I mean, it's already uh, backed right now. It's funded and only a couple days left for the community to get involved. Um, Link in the bio to pledge to support Coffin Comics and to get yourself some really dope comic books. So... I want to chat with you about a couple other things. We're gonna reserve that for the after show today. So okay. make sure to follow us, Comic Fam, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or Spotify, because we got to chat about another cat book, kind of, Captain America three.
1: Yeah, I mean, Captain America three is first published work of Stan Lee, and Stan Lee just passed uh, a year ago, this
0: just week. this last week. So let's chat with Brian in the after show about some Stan Lee stories and. Let me make sure I get this right. An untitled extreme horror project that I think if you're a fan of Evil Ernie and Lady Death, you're going to want to hear about.
2: That's absolutely right.
0: Brian, thank you. We do appreciate you.
2: The pleasure is completely mine, guys. Thank you for your time and your generosity. So before we go, just like to end with the Kirby hand. And remember, geek responsibly.
0: I'm stoked about Doctor Strange. I haven't been this excited about Doctor Strange in years. Probably since the movie, what do we got, Jeff?
1: We got Surgeon Supreme.
0: We're talking about it again.
1: Yes, we discussed this earlier on another show about uh, Doctor Strange being able to heal his hands now, which wasn't an easy task. He had to go through some trials and tribulations, and if he failed, he would just, I believe, almost be erased from existence. Or no, Lose his he hands. loses his hands. That's right. Which was creepy because it almost looked like he lost his hands for a moment, but he got them back. They're relaunching it now, and it's supposed to be a much darker and a more gothic feel to it
0: dr strange sorcerer supreme super surprised this is a horror comic book came out of left field i already added it to my pull list
1: yeah it looks pretty amazing there's a whole little animated video they do to help support the marketing s- of the show yeah the marketing of this so i would really check it out if you have any interest whatsoever because i do believe it will sell itself to you
0: yeah it's interesting. They said that this is a story that is trying to put together some of the darkest things Marvel has ever done or seen. Demotic, horror, scary imagery, scary themes. And it's supposed to take place in the hospital because, remind you, Dr. Strange is going to become a surgeon again. He's going to do the Dr. Strange superhero stuff at night, but then be a surgeon supreme throughout the day. But because it's Doctor Strange and there's magic and there's ramifications about him repairing his hands, it causes a turbulence with the supernatural. And wow, does this look a little freaky.
1: Get this on your pull list. Check it out, guys. And while we're talking on something more dark, I want to jump into Marvel killing off a major villain here.
0: That's right. And this all kind of relates back to Doctor Strange as well. But who did Marvel just kill off?
1: We just saw the loss of... Dr. Doom.
0: Victor Von Doom.
1: Yeah, and it seems like Taskmaster was the one who did it.
0: Took him right out, man.
1: Yeah, so this is actually a playback um, on uh, Triumph and Torment.
0: That's right. Dr. Doom's going to be going to hell. He's going to have to deal with Mephisto. And this is a story that has been told in the past by a really, really great writer
1: and artist. Your boy, Mike Mignola.
0: That's right. Actually written by Roger Stern, but the art is early Mignola from 1989. He was just figuring out like his demons and his, his, his dark nature and the gothic style that he would later perfect in his Hellboy run. It started here, man. This is some of the best Mignola art pre-90s, and this is a really, really good graphic novel. It's a brilliant story because it follows two different characters as they go into hell, deal with Mephisto. We have Doctor Doom and Doctor Strange. And what's really cool about this story is we learn so much about Doctor Doom for the first time, really.
1: Yeah, we're getting deep into his origin story here. And it's really nice to see another side of this character and it really shapes him, and it's a strong story. So I'm excited to see where they go now that he's back to see Mephisto.
0: Triumph and Torment is almost an origin issue of Doctor Doom because it does a callback to an idea seeded by Jerry Conway. And this idea is that there is more to the character development to Doctor Doom than just seeking world domination and power, that there is a selflessness that is part of his character development that was untold until this time. And that is about his mother and how she has ties to Mephisto, which gives reasons to his actions and why he does what he does.
1: You really need to read this book. I mean, it's awesome to see Dr. Doom and Dr. Strange partner up together in this dark world that Mignola has built with his art style. And on top of that, you know, you, you get to see now where they left off. Mephisto and Doom met. And now we get to see them meet again in another situation. So what kind of things are they going to bring back? What kind of relationship is going to be there? How is there going to be like a callback?
0: Like, what's going on? I'm, oh, I'm stoked.
1: Yeah. Are we going to be talking about Doom's mother again? I mean, what's what's happening here? So let's. I, I can't wait to really find out.
0: Also, another thing I can't really wait to find out is this new Spider-Man title that's coming up. There were some solicitations dropped, and we got to get into it.
1: We just had a solicitation of a new Spider-Man book. Okay, this is Symbiote Spider-Man, Alien Reality. And it's looking pretty cool. I'm digging it. It's a mouthful of a title, but it's a cool-looking book. And it shows us a few pages. So let's really get into this. We have kind of a tense scene. Yeah, we literally have Kraven holding a girl by a knife point at her throat.
0: Yeah, Spider-Man's got to go in there and stop it. This just, you know, Yeah, he's sounds walking, about right.
1: Yeah, he's walking, like fist-clinched, black suit, ready to face off, grabs Kraven by the neck. And then all of a sudden, something happens right before he punches him. It's like the screen gets blurry and this alternate reality thing phases over us. Okay. And Craven turns into like a jungle animal trainer and is somehow like friends or a sidekick with Spider Man.
0: Yeah. He's like, why are you hurting me? It's like all of a sudden, everything is different. This isn't the same person. And you find out that Peter's in a very different place.
1: Yeah, this isn't Kansas anymore for Peter, okay? And all of a sudden, he's speeding away in the Spider-Mobile, which we haven't seen. God, I don't even know when was the last time we see, it, but his first appearance is in Amazing Spider-Man 130.
0: Yeah, shout out to the Spider-Mobile. He's got new wheels. He's got a new partner in crime. I mean, he's he's chilling with Kraven. I like the idea of Peter Parker and Kraven being just friends.
1: <laughs> yes, that, that's a funny, funny relationship for sure. And Spider-Man's confused okay right. you know what's going on and you see this like sigh of relief as he says ah black cat she always knows what's going on felicia great yeah. to see you Fel- exactly felicia okay but this isn't no felicia okay it's like bye felicia because we have a new black cat in very much like mary jane appearance
0: Do you think this is mary jane we don't know that to be mary jane for sure but i think it looks like her i mean look at that hair
1: Yeah, I mean, it screams Mary Jane. But
0: what does she say? Because it's
1: hilarious. She's like, who's Felicia? Should I be jealous?
0: So we know that this isn't the traditional black cat. We have a new black cat coming in this comic book. Already confirmed. Is it Mary Jane? Is it not? I want to know what you think, comic fam. Answer in the comment section below, letting us know your opinion. It'll enter you to win one of two giveaways. We have ASM 315 and Show's End number one the comic tom exclusive from last month's mystery mail call to be sent out to you just participate let us know what you think about the video we love to hear from you now we got to get into metal shark bro this is ridiculous what are we doing
1: our latest exclusive is by scout comics metal shark bro all right this book is about a shark who happens to eat a devil worshiper but by doing so transforms into this shark killing machine like guitar axe wielding rock star it's killer
0: and it's by scout comics and we're doing a comic tom exclusive for the december mystery mail call as of right now we are in enrollment we are open for enrollment if you want to get your comic tom exclusive of scout comics metal shark bro well you got right now to do it because this is going to sell out quick this is awesome you want to know why this is awesome because I had an opportunity to do a homage cover, okay? It's Metal Shark bro, he's a shark. So you know what cover I had to pick?
1: I do know which cover you had to pick.
0: Submariner issue number five, why that cover?
1: Oh, that's the first appearance of Tiger Shark.
0: That's right. And everyone loves Tiger Shark. And everyone's going to love Metal Shark, bro. This is a ridiculous story. It's a lot of fun. And you help and support the show by joining the mystery mail call. We send you comics every month. And you get an exclusive from us. So link in the bio, join the community, and then hit the subscribe button. We make a lot of comic book content. We love you here for the ride. Don't forget the After Show is on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher,
1: and SoundCloud. And then as always... Metal shark, do-do-do-do-do-do. Geek responsibly. Nuff?
0: Said. Comic fam, take a look at the new background. This is for a new video series that I'm developing for you as we go into the new year. Exciting things. Want to give a big congratulations to Simon Osborne. You won the giveaway from last week's podcast. Oh, and of course, I want to remind everybody, we have merch. If you want to help support the show, rep some merch, ComicTom101.store, or you can just go to the link in the bio. Brian, thank you for joining us on the after show. Stan Lee. Everyone's got some some great stories about Stan the man. How, how did he influence you? And do you have any stories about the legend?
2: I have a couple of ways that Stan Lee influenced me. And the first one was his energy. I loved reading Stan Lee's soapbox. And I, I just I love the energy. And I must admit, like if you kind of see me how I carry on, it, it distinctly influences my behavior and my presentation. Because I just love, Stanley was always dialed up and I loved that about him. Another thing I loved about Stan as a kid who actually strangely had a reading disability where I was like just a little slower is when I started reading comics, Stan would be using these more complicated words. And I was very interested in these words. So I would go take a look and look in the dictionary and like, what the hell does Excelsior really mean? So that's another way that uh, Stan influenced me. And then I'll, I'll give you my little story of meeting Stan. So I was lucky enough to be presented with the opportunity to, quote unquote, package a book for Marvel Comics during that time of um, Marvel Nights and the uh, Wildstorm guys and Liefeld packaging books for Marvel. So I got to package a book called The Supernaturals, where I got to choose and do anything I wanted as long as it was, it was <laughs> um, inside the code. And so I got to do it. And as those books came out, I got to meet Stan in person. Uh, And and a Marvel person at the time made that happen. And this is exactly what Stan said to me when we met. He stuck out his hand and he said, hello, hero. And I just froze and shook his hand. (laughs) I was like, is that, did that happen? And he was very friendly and very affable but I could never get past that. He actually was just, hello, hero. And I'm like, holy mackerel, my wife witnessed it. And let's admit one thing about Stan, Stan liked the ladies. And uh, I remember him kissing my wife's hand too. And she's just still to this day, sort of happy about that.
0: Amazing.
2: (laughs) I have one more Stan story. May I? Please do.
0: Oh, and Simon, right. I want to mention, I'm glad you brought up supernaturals in, in the Stan story. That's awesome. That's one of my favorite uh, pieces of uh, supernatural Marvel work. So anyways, keep continue. Thank you.
2: Thank you kindly. Uh, yeah, big up to all the contributors on that. Greg Capullo, Jim Ballon on the covers, Yvonne Heist, Joe Pimentel, Mark and Draco, a great team worked on that one with me. Okay. This is another Stan story. This is during Stanley Entertainment POW stuff. And a bunch of us are hanging out at San Diego Comic-Con and it's after the show and at one of the bars. And I'm in Stan's general orbit. And he um, is happened to talk to uh, two college age ladies. They're totally uh, uh, entranced by him. He's totally entranced by her. And this young guy comes up, maybe a, a 20, 30 year old, probably executive of some sort, comes up and tries to get into a conversation with Stan. And Stan said to the ladies, could you hang on a second? Stan turned to the guy and he said, so let me ask you a question. And the guy says, yeah, what? And he was like, is there anything that you're about to ask me now that we can't discuss tomorrow at the con? And the guy said, well, uh, no. And he's like, great. I'm actually going to go back and speak to these ladies. Thank you. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> and that happened right in front of my face. And it was like handled like a boss.
0: <laughs> that guy knew how to, how to do his stuff, man. Oh, he oh did. God. Those are I my Stanley it. stories. I, I like to hope that that's how he would be. Like I never met him. I
1: was uh oh, I, 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 I missed out. I missed oh, out on no. meeting him. The year that it was supposed to happen, it just it just didn't line up. I did not know that. I thought but you, you met had him. a chance. I've met him a couple times. Yeah, I remember the first time I met him, and I've mentioned this before, but I was twelve, thirteen at a con, free to meet him, no line. Yeah, right. Went, went up right. there, talked to him. I mean, that was a big deal as a kid for me. Like I didn't have a lot to say to him, but other I could just start sure. to hear his voice and I still have the comics he signed for me. I even color-touched them just to make them look nicer when I was a kid because I just wanted to look <laughs> better, you know? So I mean, your,
0: uh, your Death of Gwen Stacy, he still has it, and it's it's filled with Sharpie ink. It's pretty great. Oh, Green that's Goblin awesome. Oh, Death of the Green Goblin. Yeah, that's, yeah, what yeah, yeah, that's, what yeah. that's what it is. That's
1: what it is, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's got, like, black pen all along the spine and <laughs> fix the webbing. <laughs> it's good that's stuff. awesome.
0: It's good stuff. This this project that I know you can't talk about too much, but I'm a huge Evil Ernie fan. And there's a ah. huge, I, I got to be honest, Brian, there's a huge resurgence for all of your early work right now.
2: Wow, cool. Yeah, I'm you know, excited. I've
0: seen a lot of people hunting for it, grading it, getting it, you know picking them up, posting them on Instagram. But you mentioned an untitled extreme horror project that would make me happy. What can you, <laughs> what can you tell
2: us? So I have been embarking on a project called Untitled Extreme Horror Project. I will reveal the title sometime in 2020. I will reveal the story synopsis sometime in 2020, but I can say this. For those of you out there who miss the energy of a character like Evil Ernie, that splatter punk ethos, that unbridled expression of mass destruction and wanton violence? This is the answer. The character that we're dealing with in the story is a male horror character. In the tradition of supernatural horror characters that we all love and adore, he is not like any of them, but we do love our Freddy, Jason, Leatherface, Evil Ernie. That wonderful expression, that gleeful feeling this story will tap into that particular energy. What I can say is it's the story of a male character. He's about 18 years old. And among other things, we're focusing in on body horror. Body horror. And I could tell you that just from a management point of view, the story's written, uh, the comics are in production. Uh, Here's the lineup. Uh, I wrote the plot. Um, I'm co-writing the story with Mike McLean, my frequent co-writer on everything Coffin Comics. And it's being illustrated right now as we speak by La Muerta illustrator Joel Gomez. We'll certainly be inviting team member Cece De La Cruz to color, but I envision it, the first storyline, as a uh, 96-page storyline broken up into two parts. But here is the pro tip. That particular story is seated completely in the horror genre. However, the first appearance of this character is gonna be in the next chapter of Lady Death. Lady Death chapter 11, which is called Malevolent Decimation. In this character, teams with Lady Death brings about something extraordinary and something very, very dark. In Lady Death chapter 11, Malevolent Decimation will be offered via Kickstarter on February 17th, 2020.
0: I'm excited. I mean, you mentioned Leatherface, Freddy. I mean, I'm thinking of all the stuff that you've written. I mean, you've written both of those comics. I mean, I I trust you for all my horror (laughs) content, and and I'm I'm super excited about this. And thanks for that little lead on Lady Death uh, premiering this new character.
2: Yeah, that's true. First appearance will be in Malevolent Decimation. Oh.
1: (laughs) I'm excited. I'm a big horror fan. I I don't get to watch it like I used to, but uh, it's just nice to see uh, almost a... I don't know reinvigoration or of a evil Ernie type. Again,
2: I was kind of just missing what I call the splatterpunk ethos of mm-hmm. just this unbridled, maddening, ultra violence. You know, frequently a character who's misunderstood, not unlike Frankenstein, who we all love and adore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you probably have a lot more in common with a Frankenstein-like character than uh, Thomas Hewitt Leatherface, because <laughs> you know, that's just some born bad families. You know, Frank was. You know, brought back to life, but you know, I think we could argue that he was uh, an innocent monster. And okay. I think our guy is a bit innocent, but what overcomes him is uh, undeniably evil.
1: Yeah, the words you use to describe, it's just interesting the the way you form them, and you're just adding terms that I'm not familiar with, but adds excitement, like the body horror. <laughs> I've never heard body horror, I don't really know what body horror is. Do you know what, oh, that, have you ever
0: heard oh, the I of, Yeah, it's, it's I, okay. I think of like Fantastic Four is body horror, to a degree, right? <laughs> I'm lost with body horror.
1: Like is it like a mutilation of body or something? Like what is Well, body that's horror? it's
2: it's fascinating. So frequently body horror type stories deal with how your body betrays you. And so the work of uh, the director, David Cronenborg, deals with that. And uh, the he had did a remake of the fly, which is a really wonderful illustration of body horror. So yeah, it's about, it's usually about how the body betrays you somehow, you know, whether, and I guess the, the metaphor in real life are things like real life illness costing you your body and how, what do you do? Um, this will certainly be a different approach that I don't think we've seen exactly on body horror, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely talking about a certain betrayal of this person's body. i'm I'm stoked
0: i'm in i'm in thank you (laughs) we got you
2: in
1: a lava (laughs) yeah
0: you got me in all right um as always it is awesome having you on i'm excited to have you on again in the future remind everybody that this friday is the last day um you got into what time on friday mountain time
2: hell which the forsaken kickstarter campaign closes friday november 22nd at 7 p.m mountain standard time Uh, which would be 9 p.m. Eastern time. So I cordially invite everybody to pledge, get in on it. Like the more we could raise, the more goodies that we can give back. And I think I would like to announce to you here that, uh, well, today we're going to have a pretty cool stretch goal announced. So please stay tuned to the Kickstarter page uh, and see what we're going to throw out there.
0: Yeah. Links are in the bio for everything. As always, Brian, you're awesome. And gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Jimmy. You. Um, and, uh, have a great rest. Jimmy Calabrese. For... Yeah. Jimmy, come on and say hi.
2: Big up and thanks to Jimmy Calabrese, Jimmy coffin. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> thanks thank guys. You, thank you so much.
0: You have a great day and, uh, best of luck on the, on the, uh, Kickstarter.
2: Thank you kindly. Thank you kindly.